Welcome to the IMO podcast. Honest and open conversations with care leavers. Hey, it's Chris with the IMO podcast. And today we are talking to Scarlett Manley. Scarlett Manley has come to our attention because she has done some amazing YouTube videos about her time in care. So Scarlett, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Tell me a bit more about these videos. They're really superb and they're very powerful. Where did the idea come to, to make these videos? Um, so I do a lot of cardio. I own like a treadmill and I go for, I like to go for like long walks or like long runs. And I noticed that when I listen to music and it makes me feel a certain way, sometimes I get kind of like, uh, like flashbacks to when I was a child and stuff and, or like I'd, um, think about like music videos and stuff, but like from my childhood and how I'd play that with the music, like if I wrote the song, how the music video would have looked and, um, and how I would have incorporated that. And I started telling people about it. I was like, when you go on runs, do you kind of visualize like music videos and stuff like that? And they said, no, we don't really do that. And I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna start drawing what I see in my head and then kind of see what happens, like see where it goes. So the, the song, uh, the Ed Sheeran song that I start with in the, in the first video, it was, it was very powerful because it sort of jumps a lot. There's a lot of levels to it. There's a lot of emotion behind the song. And whenever I listened to the song, I always kind of pictured uh, like a child running away and uh, wanting to get away from their environment, but no one's listening. And because the, the song uh, builds up uh, near the end. And so I just I imagined just like arguments happening in the chorus. And so that's always what I saw. And then I put it out. I didn't really think anyone would watch it or or anything would come from it. But it was amazing. I put it out. I put it out on YouTube, TikTok, Facebook. And the response I got was amazing. I had so many people message me and be like, this is so powerful. This is so emotional. You've obviously been through something. And it was, it was like I was able to talk to a lot of people and not really say anything, but I was able to express something that was really personal without like, saying a lot of words. And then on TikTok, I had actually former um, foster care children message me and be like, thank you for putting this out. It's like, it feels like a platform, it feels like you're building a platform where I can talk about it because no one talks about their journey in the care system. And I know personally, when I come across someone who's had like a bad childhood, or, and or been in the foster care system it's like meeting a long lost friend because they just know exactly what you've been through and it, it's like meeting like an old cousin that you remember years and years ago from like a Christmas party but you haven't seen since it's that kind of feeling it's like you you're from different worlds but it's it's almost like you've known each other your whole life because you just you've been through the same things I love that idea of a, I love that idea of everyone having that that connection and then being connected through your art and the, and the story you're telling. And presumably not everyone is gonna have experienced exactly what you're depicting in your animations, but people feel connected enough to it to, that it resonates for them. Is that what they were, yeah. they were saying to you? Exactly, yeah, they weren't necessarily going through the same thing, but they were able to sort of feel something. And, but the thing is, uh, I didn't wanna write exactly what happened to me in the animated videos because like you said, not a lot of people will be able to relate to that. So I wanted to make animated videos um, that sort of had like a bit of every single story I've ever heard. So in the second video, it's all about neglect. So you've got neglect from the dad, 
because he's verbally abusing the child. You've got neglect from the mum because she's only focusing on the baby. And you've got neglect from both of them at the same time because when at the dinner table, they're arguing and not focusing on, oh, my child is screaming and my other child is really upset and not eating. They're just focusing on each other. And then the child goes to school and she sits at the back of the class and the, the teacher doesn't pay any attention to her because she's just saying, oh, she's just a quiet student. And then she goes into the... A playground and no one's talking to her because she's just seen as a quiet child and then she gets bullied because she's quiet and they say why are you so quiet mm, and she, mm. doesn't, she doesn't know because when you're a child going through that kind of abuse you don't realize what's happening to you, you just know that you're sad and don't want to talk but you don't know why and mm. um so yeah I wanted to make animated videos that kind of showed a lot of things in one so that it would resonate with a lot of people in different moments one theme that the sorry one theme that runs across all of the videos for me when I watched them was an idea of not being heard not yeah. being listened to do you think that is a common theme for care experienced children and young people absolutely 100% I remember my social worker coming around all the time and being like where do you want to be when you're 18 because when you're 18 you have to move out and I remember saying like I don't want to move out I'm happy here like I finally feel like I've started my childhood and I want to stay but she was just like no no that's not how the system works you have to move out at 18 and and I never felt like I was ready to move out and I wanted to stay with my family but of course at 18 social services cut off the funding to the foster care so that, that kind of to the foster care families that kind of pushes them to be like well you have to leave because we get no funding for you anymore and so it's kind of like once you get into the foster care system you're literally in a system that just wants you to become an adult so they can get you out of their hair, so they can bring more children into the foster care system because there are so many children that need homes, which is fine, but it's just like, there's no real personalized experience. So it's, it's yeah, it's really sad. It's so really what, sad. You're, what you're describing there to me is the you needing to fit the system rather than the system fitting you and your needs you find yourself yeah. in a place where you feel happy and safe and then the conversation all about that time is leaving there you know yeah, so I mean, how you, do you find Seth, how do you find happiness and peace in that in that time when you're being told to move on you literally don't I feel like because you're separated from your family you're separated from your siblings my sister was on the other side of Milton Keynes to me so I never saw her and so you you kind of just you have, I mean, I was kind of fortunate. I had a lot of friends at school who didn't realize what I was going through, that they knew something was going on, but they wouldn't ask. And to be honest, even if they asked, I wouldn't really know what to say because I didn't mm. really, I wasn't really, I'm, I'm someone who like kind of um, doesn't realize something's happened until years later. <laughs> it <laughs> takes me a while to process stuff. And then I go, yeah. oh, <laughs> so yeah. And I think that's why, and oh, there's so many things I could talk about on, on this subject about happiness, but Really, if you look at all the accounts that um, IMO have gotten from people about turning 25, I've read a few this week and they all say the same thing, which means we're all having the same care experience. And that's not good because they're all negative, which means something needs to change because that's not okay. Um, and that's another thing I wanted to bring out for my animated videos because the more people were talking to me, the more I was like, good, they're talking about their experience because I'm not gonna lie, this is actually, the first time I've actually been asked about my experience, like no one else in society really knows how to talk about it or 
I don't know if they care, but um, people, when I say foster parents, people go, they were interested in why I became fostered, but they're not really interested in the foster care system or what happens afterwards. I mean, why would they? Because they don't know anything about it. Something that I really find interesting and, and struggle with about how we address it is how much children uh, or care experienced children should know about the system they're in. And what I mean is like, it's not appropriate to put problems onto children, <laughs> you know? So there's a lot of things that, that dictate where children are placed around like availability of foster carers, the cost of the placement, you know, how many siblings you have, all of the, these things. And I sometimes think, you know, children in care shouldn't know what they know. Like they should just yeah. be allowed to be children. Um, and yet there's this, all this other side to the system that, you know, perhaps we don't talk about that is clinical, as you say, like somebody writing a list and checking things. And sometimes it comes down to money. You know, what do you have? Do you have a view on on, on that about like how appropriate it is to to let young people into that side of, of the process that you might have an understanding now, Scarlett, looking back. But like at the time, is it is it an area that you think should be should be shown to children? Um, definitely not. I mean, I think I was quite lucky and my foster parents didn't really show that kind of side. They were very much, um, uh, you're my child and that's how I'm going to treat you, as if you're my child. So that was quite lucky. I know a lot of people didn't feel that way in their foster homes. Um, but uh, I don't know, I definitely shouldn't feel like that. I definitely feel like the formal meetings that social workers want to have should be had with the foster parents and then anything else should be had with the children. Like, mm. I don't want to see your checklist. I don't want to see <laughs> my my 10 year plan or my 18 year plan. I don't want to see that. I just want to, I just want you to ask if I'm happy mm. and, then, and then leave. Mm. <laughs> I don't yeah. really want to, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Like I remember having so many so, uh, social worker meetings where she was mainly talking to Rose, my foster mum, And I was just kind of sat there nodding my head because I just wanted her to go. I wanted to carry on my, my childhood. That I was mm. finally living at 15. <laughs> Yeah. I just want to leave so I can go back to being a child. I don't want to talk about what I'm going to be doing when I'm 21 years old or 25 years old or, or mm. putting pressure on me to go to uni because after 25, you have to fund mm. it yourself. Like, mm. I, didn't, I don't want to know what I want to be when I'm 25. I, I just know mm. that I'm a child right now and I'm enjoying being a child. Like, let me be a child. Mm. And, and <laughs> like, some, yeah. some care experienced children and young people experience rejection because of the situation that's, that's, that has meant they've ended up in care. Like it feels there's there's a rejection or abandonment in that trauma. And yeah. then they're placed in a system where they're told like on this exact date, your 18th birthday or 25th birthday, that happens again in a kind of different, yeah. different way. Like it kind of, it's this big light flashing ahead of the future. Do you feel you weren't given enough time and space just to breathe and, and be you? It felt it feels like what you're saying, there was this date on the horizon from the minute you got there about you leaving. Yeah, about being neglected again. Mm. And 100% you are neglected at the age of 25. Like the amount of times, I was actually, I think it's actually earlier than 25 because they decide you're now uh, adult enough to, to live your life. And then they, they leave you with a pack of like what happens if the fire alarm goes off and stuff like that. So there was a moment, because because I was a very um, quiet child, I guess, I was just kind of living my best life, but I was very quiet. I, I guess I came across quite mature 
um, which is a very toxic thing to say to a child now that I'm older. It's very weird. Mm. <laughs> and there was a moment, I think I was just, it was just before my 18th birthday. I think I was 17. Yeah. And I remember, I don't fully remember what happened, but I remember being taken to a different foster home, but it wasn't called a foster home. It was like a halfway house, but I was renting a room off these people. Mm. And my social worker was really pushing me to do it because she was like, no, you're, you're mature now. I, I feel like you're ready to live by yourself. And she was really pushing me. And she was saying, like, wouldn't you like your own space from all, away from all these other foster children and away from Rose and Steve telling you what to do all the time? And, and I, was, I was just like, I don't know. I was just like, I don't know. I kind of like where I live. But she wasn't really listening. She was just like, no, you're ready to go here. And mm. then, but, then, but then I had a separate meeting with Rose and Steve. And then obviously they were like, we want you to stay. We don't think you're fully ready yet. And I know that you, you're happy here. We want you to stay. But it felt like, it just felt like people around me were choosing my future. Mm. No one was asking me how I really felt. And if they had, they, I would the response would have been, I want to stay. I don't want to grow up yet. I don't want to be an adult. I want to stay here. And I would like the opportunity to come to you and say, I'm ready to move on. Because mm. I never got that. And I felt very pressured into leaving. And then Rose and Steve, Rose was very good. She was like, she kind of pushed my social worker off me and was like, just leave her alone until at least her 18th birthday. And then we'll talk about it again. Mm. But because I had this voice, the social worker's voice in the back of my head saying, you are ready to move out. When it came to my 18th birthday, I thought, well, I am ready to move out. I would like my own place because she'd already put that seed in my head. Mm. And then when I moved out, I remember the first night I was like, this is a big mistake. I want to go back. I want to go home. This isn't, I don't want to do this anymore. But it was too late. You can't go back. And like every time I see, I'm, I'm very lucky. I see my social worker, not social workers, my foster parents um, every few months and we still keep in touch. Mm. And every time I go around there, I, I got that feeling again of being happy. And I'm just like, I want to go back. <laughs> I felt like I was taken way too soon from my foster, my foster uh, parents. And I, I want to go back. I want to carry on living my childhood life I don't want to be an adult anymore <laughs> <laughs> it's this horrible idea that your future and plans are dictated by other things that aren't really anything to do with you you know like yeah. you, you know you're in a nice place I really get the sense of you not being heard and and then kind of pressured into things you didn't want to didn't want to do um when you're 18 you're still young like that's still very young isn't it Definitely. Yeah. You don't feel it at the time when everyone at 18 feels like they're an adult mm. and then you want, you want to do adult things and then you always resent your parents because they're like, no, you can't go out. And you're like, but I'm 18 now. I can. <laughs> but then when you get older and you're nearly 28, you go, yeah, I was I was a baby. I was still a baby. Yeah, yeah definitely. Like you get neglected from your parents in various ways and then you get neglected from your social worker and then. So the only real people who kind of show you any kind of love are the people who are being paid to do it. Mm. And given that, in a sense, when you realise that at a later age or whatever, that's mm. neglection as well, because they're being paid to, to kind of show you love that mm. you should have been shown unconditionally. And then you get neglected from the system when you turn 25, because I've, I've, so when I turned 24, I rang them and was like, I finally know what I want to do. I want to go to uni and they were like well you're too close to 25 we can't help you and when my social worker left me at 23 she said call me if you ever need anything and at 26 I did need her for something I can't remember what it was but I did need her for something and I couldn't get hold of her and I still can't to this day 
Like I remember her name and I remember, I remember mm. her phone number, but she never picks up. So you literally are like, as soon as you hit 25, it's like you've, they've forgotten about you. Like you didn't mm. exist. Yeah. And I know there are, there are 25 year olds who um, perhaps haven't been through care who might still contact their parents if they need something, you know, advice or support past 25. That, yeah. that doesn't feel unreasonable to me that somebody might might do that and that and then what you're saying is that isn't a possibility for you no. because you because you've come through the care system and you're you're age 25 and you didn't go to university at an earlier age right no so I went I started going two years ago so when I was 26 yeah um but yeah me and my sister were actually having this conversation we've been having this conversation for years but so when I gave up my full-time job and decided I want to go to uni that was a massive step for me. Like for normal people who, aren't going into, who don't go into foster care, uh, that you just go back to your parents' house after uni or you go back during Christmas holidays. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's like you have that safety net. But when you come out of the foster care system, you literally have no one. Like it's just like because your foster parents can't take you back because it's not legal and they also don't get paid for it. Um, so you just kind of have to keep pushing forward with this little flat that you've been given. And, and if, but if you decide to give up that flat to go to uni or to live your life how you want to, you have no safety net. And if it fails, it looks like it's all your fault. Mm-hmm. So it took me, I wanted to go to uni at 24. It took me three years, two, three years to actually like be like, I have to do this. Otherwise, I'm never going to do it. And you're given a flat. I say given in inverted commas, you know, but like you might have a flat, but it, that can often tie you down from what you're saying. Like you don't have flexibility, you know, if you lose yeah, that, you wouldn't, you would, you, yeah. do you get a, another opportunity to get back on that, you know, on the housing register after you, you know, after you've been to university, what do you do for, do you, do you live at home whilst you're studying? How have you managed to bridge that gap to get a to university without, without the support? So I've had to keep my flat get a part-time job at the weekend so I can pay my rent mm. and then and then I just I, I've had to go to a uni that's close so I wanted to do marine biology which means I got to be by the sea but of course <laughs> Milk Keynes is right in the middle of the country <laughs> so I've had to do sort of like a long route whereas so that the so if I had parents to come back to I probably would have gone to Bangor in Wales mm. done my course there and then come back and then live with my parents then got a house mm. but because I don't have that option I've had to go the longer route, which is do biology at Luton and then do biomedical science at Northampton. So universities that are around Milton Keynes that are accessible to me, that are not necessarily the courses I want to do, but similar so that I don't lose my flat. Because as long as I have my flat, I'm, this is literally my only safety net. This is everything. And if I lose this, then I don't yeah. have anything. Yeah. So I've yeah. had to just sort of pick a course that's not necessarily what I want to do but it's similar to what I want to do in hopes that um I can save enough money so in the future when I do my master's I could do a master's in marine biology and have enough money to save to go to uni for a year or uh and then when I come back get a house or move out there permanently and this idea that you should have known what you wanted to do and yeah. how you wanted to live your life in terms of your profession um when you you know sometimes you, you know sometimes people have like a delayed childhood when they get into foster care because they are finally given that freedom you know so they're, they're kind of like playing catch up a little bit you know they don't you know they, they're still finding out they're figuring out who they are what they want to do in life you know that's why, literally why... what I'm going through right now and it's horrible 
it's horrible. As I've literally started therapy very recently because, so I was told years ago that trauma doesn't happen to you when you're being traumatized. It happens years later because mm-hmm. you're there's something in our brain that protects us. Mm. So when you're going through trauma, your brain kind of, uh, it kind of um, like deletes horrible memories so that you don't remember them. Mm. And, it, and then you build a shield and stuff like that. And then it wasn't until like I was like 25 that it all kind of hit me that what really happens to me. Mm. And then, like you said, at but, but that age, my, my friends were getting houses and they were having children and they were starting their careers. And I hadn't even been to uni yet. I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I was, I, was, I just felt so lost because in those years where uh, children, so like from the age 10 to 20, those years where you're, you normally getting to know who you are, what kind of music you like, what kind of movies you like, uh, what kind of like things inspire you, what you, and then your parents ask you, you know, what, what do you want to be when you grow up? What yeah. kind of things do you want to do if you go to uni? What would you want to do? Those conversations don't happen because you're either being, you're even a bad home or you're about to be moved to a foster care home. And then if you're really unlucky, like majority of foster care children, you'll be moved from home to home to home to home. So no one really sits down with you and and asks you like, what makes you happy? But then even then, if they did, you wouldn't know the answer because you've never been with yourself long enough to know, because you're you're constantly thinking about, you're just surviving. You're just in Mm. survival mode for years. And And then when people say, well, who are you? I don't have an answer for them because I don't know. Yeah, I think and, this, yeah. You, sorry, please carry on. Oh yeah, <laughs> and the only thing I feel like I know how to talk about is the foster care system. Mm. So it kind of, your foster care experience but kind of becomes who you are. And for most people, that's a negative experience. Mm. But if that's all you are and all you've known, then when people ask you like, what do you wanna be when you get older? Most of the time they'll probably just be like happy. Mm. <laughs> because they haven't experienced that yet, but then they don't know what happiness is because they've never seen it or experienced it. Mm. So it's, you're, oh, it's horrible. You're already on a path where, I mean, like society kind of expects us to fail. And, and years ago, I was like, why? Like, we're so, why would they? But now I kind of get it because we're just really sad children <laughs> who've never been shown what happiness actually is. So how are we supposed to grow up and be happy if we don't know what that is? It sounds to me like you're on that, you're on a path towards that. I think like you've got a really high level of self-awareness, which is uh, a really important thing. And I think doing that in, a, in, a, in, in the framework of therapy where you're supported, you know, helping you kind of get to the bottom of everything and really understand it. That sounds to me like it might be a, a tough journey, but I get the feeling that ultimately it's going to be a really rewarding journey rewarding. for you, Scarlett. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. <laughs> I yeah, think but... so. I think so. I think like because we we have different chapters in our lives, and you know, like you, you you've you've lived a lot in your life, but you're also still young, you know. And so to do this work and kind of really understand it and understand yourself, like you're giving yourself this amazing gift. You're giving yourself this really really important, powerful step forward as you you know as you go into your your next chapter just that's how I feel listening to you does it feel like that to you um I don't really think of it like that but actually that's kind of cute I like that way you're saying it (laughs) oh that's good (laughs) I don't know I kind of I'm seeing it as like a yeah as a way of sort of pulling myself out of what I've been through because that's kind of 
everything I know right now. And, and that's great because it made me who I am now, but it's not all that I want for me to be. I don't want me to just, just be my, my past. And I'd like to know who I am in the future. And mm. I'd like to know what, what, who she is and what makes her happy and what inspires her. Because at mm. the moment, I don't really know because I, I don't have any kind of memories of me as a child being happy. So I don't know what makes me happy. I don't know what course I would enjoy. I don't know what job I would enjoy because I've never thought about it. And now I get to sit down with myself and with a therapist and really kind of unravel to get to the, to the point where I'm like, oh, that's who she is. And I'm really looking forward to that. Like, I can't wait to come out the other side and be like, this is what inspires me. This is what makes me happy. It sounds to me like you've given yourself an amazing gift, but it also sounds to me like you're incredibly brave to do that. I can think of a version where you, you don't grasp the nettle and you don't kind of stare into the light and, you know, and life might be easier on the surface because you're not confronting difficult things. But ultimately, yeah. I think you're saying you want a different life and a, you know, a more, a more honest with yourself life um, where, you, where you know yourself a bit better. And I think that is, you know, that's an amazing thing to, to to give yourself like I really admire you for for making that that decision and it doesn't matter when you come to that place in in life I don't think you know it whenever you start that journey is is the right time for you definitely I mean the most inspiring and the most saddest thing I ever heard was um my my foster mom she sat me down one day and was like you do realize that because of your past society literally expects nothing from you like because like I could I could rob a bank and the judge would be like, yeah, she's been abused as a child. Fair enough. They mm. would literally see it as expected. It was like, it's literally expected of me to become homeless, to go into drugs, to not have a stable job, to be emotionally unstable. All these negative things is, is expected of me. And mm. I kind of, I, some people I think would see that as, well, if that's expected of me, I'm going to do that because why not? That no one's ever cared before. Mm. And that's a, I feel like that's kind of like an easy path for you to go down. But mm. if, if, you, if you flipped it, which is, what I, which is what I did, and be like, well, if that's what's expected, then anything else I do is going to be a massive achievement. And oh my God, it's so true. Every time I do something really small, <laughs> people blow it up because of my past. And it's, uh, after a while, it's like, come on, guys, like, stop. <laughs> but <laughs> like get, getting into uni people were like, oh my God, that's such an amazing achievement. And it's just like, it's not that great. Like, <laughs> calm down. But um, yeah. so Because like, <laughs> they're like, oh my God, how did she manage that after everything yeah. you've been through? You know, well, actually, after everything you've been through, getting into uni might just be like a walk in the park, to be honest. It literally, that's, that's the point. That, that's literally the point. Once you've been through that, once you've been through the worst things that children should, should even no one should even see that kind of stuff but mm. but once you've been through that and come out the other side the rest of your life feels really easy <laughs> because <laughs> you get to make your own decisions you get to be whoever you want to be no one is there to tell you to stop or that you have to think about what you want to be in 10 years time you're literally kind of like I feel so free because my parents aren't here abusing me my, my little sister isn't crying in her bedroom like there's no family drama there's no foster parents asking me like, would you want to be when you grow older? There's no social workers putting pressure on me. I'm so free right now. I honestly feel like uh, people, uh, children who come through the foster care system are literally heroes. 
Mm. And I don't think they know it because no one's ever told them. People are just so pushy of getting them into adulthood. No one's ever been like, you are literally a hero. Like you are literally like the strongest people in society. You have been through the worst and you've survived and come out the other side. And most of you are smiling. So you can get through anything. There's there's nothing the world's gonna throw at you now that you either haven't seen or it's just it's gonna be literally like you said a walk in the park and yeah so like, all, all you've suppose... got to do now is just do whatever what makes you happy and like and if you want to move to another country you can because you have you, technically you have no family keeping you here <laughs> you could literally disappear tomorrow and start a new life and there's nothing tying you down like you literally it's kind of like a, a reward that life kind of gives you you do sound you do sound hopeful i think i'm here i'm picking up like definitely like uncertainty you don't know like yeah. fully about the future but then who does but I do get a sense of like hopefulness from you a bit of positivity about what might what might come next for you I have some exciting ideas hopefully if it's if the feedback is anything like I've got from my animated videos and like so basically I came across this blog um it was from years ago I think it was on reddit it was years and years ago and this woman had, um, had, had, she'd been through the foster care system herself and now she has children and she wanted to explain what it was like to go through that to her children, but in like a child way. Mm. And I came up with a really cool idea, which I'm not gonna say yet because it's like, it's yeah, really, it's like, it's the don't beginning. Don't give it away, don't yeah. tell anyone, <laughs> someone will nick it. <laughs> but I think it's a really cool idea and it takes something that I remember most make me happy as a child and I'm just, I'm going to make my own version of it and put it out into the world and see what happens. And I noticed that all the foster care children are saying the same thing. They're all saying that children need to be more nurtured. They're all saying that we need to be heard more. They're all saying that they need more protection from their families if they're a very traumatized family. Or some of them are saying, actually, I would like some more contact with my family, but maybe in more of a safe environment. So there's a lot of wants and needs from foster care children but no one's really listening people just do a documentary think they're helping but actually they're not because all these questions that they're bringing up in the documentary aren't being answered mm. and the system doesn't allow those answers to, to happen yeah. because people the system, are moved there's on there's no flexibility at all in the system it's just like this is how it is and that's it yeah and it's like, well, you're dealing with children mm. very traumatized scared angry children they should come first. That it should be your foster care experience should be personalized. It shouldn't be like a prison mm. <laughs> where you go in and this is the system, whether you like it or not, like we have any other choice. Yeah. No, there should be there should be choices. I feel like I don't know, I don't know, maybe there aren't enough homes or whatever. But if a if a child goes from a single parent and they go into suddenly a house full of children, they might find that really intimidating. Or they might mm. get bullied. Or, you know, there's like yeah, it should be more personalised, definitely. Scarlett, thank you so much for talking to us today. It's been really, really fascinating and very moving. I'm really struck at your resilience and your capacity to cope and also how you've really taken responsibility for finding out about yourself and, and holding you know, the system to account afterwards. I think these animations are, of yours are really, really powerful. Um, and they're going to be really, really useful for 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 people to to watch. So we'll link to them uh, in the in the podcast, and they'll be on the IMO website. Um, but Scarlett, thank you so much for talking to us today and coming on the IMO podcast. Thank you.
Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. For more stories, experiences and advice from others in care, visit imohub.org.uk. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at imo underscore latest.